Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Of the 2,000 or so teachers in the St. Louis Public School District, only one gets to be its 2020 Educator of the Year, and that someone is Jana Flynn. The district cited her passion, dedication, and desire to think outside the box in her work with gifted students who range from preschool to eighth grade. And she joins us today to talk about that work. So Jana Flynn, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. So first, congratulations on being named Educator of the Year. This feels like a really big honor. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, to be recognized for to, for something that you love doing is, is quite a wonderful feeling, for sure. Now, I understand you found out in May that you were the district's STEM a- Educator of the Year. How did you find out you'd been chosen not just for the STEM category, but for the whole shebang? I, well, they sent it because of all the COVID that stuff that's going on. We couldn't be in person, of course, but um, it was an email. So it was later that evening that they sent an email. And I, I actually thought I was reading the same email from the morning. So it didn't connect quite at first. And then I kept reading and I thought, I looked at it and like, Whoa, wait a minute. They're saying that for everyone. And I just, just a tremendous feeling for sure. It's a tremendous feeling, but it seems like kind of a low-key way to do it. Like you might have just skimmed that email and, and missed the news entirely. Did somebody follow up to make sure you understood that, that you'd won? <laughs> yes, they did for sure. They, they, I've had, I had several people calling and um, saying, check your email and congratulations. So it was a, it, it was a bombardment of Well, that's good. I'm glad that this is something that might not have slipped through the cracks here. I have to wonder, though, what does it take to ascend from here and not just win this this St. Louis title of Educator of the Year, but to actually become the Missouri Educator of the Year? Um, There's a whole process that started, I guess, in middle of May. Like, it it started actually before I I found out. Um, And then we go through this process of more questions that need to be answered, and they do selections, and then they have they bring people in to talk to them, and they just, they narrow it down hmm. further and further and further. So. so that's you have that to look forward to um, getting narrowed down all the way to maybe taking the crown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was surprised to learn that even pre-pandemic, you were teaching out of three different schools. This is Mason Elementary, Humboldt Elementary, and Compton Drew Middle School. That seems like a lot of travel going between those three campuses. Is, is having all the kids reachable by computer almost a relief for you? I, I guess for the flexibility is, is the key to this job, for sure. And being able to travel and, and see all these kids is has been great for me because I I get the same kids year after year after year. And then new kids trickle in um, as they pass the test. But I wouldn't say it's a blessing for me because, oh, man, I I really, I I think most teachers would just rather be in the building with the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, this is certainly doable, and my kids are going to be, end up being great at this. We're going to learn some good lessons for it and have hopefully a different appreciation. Um, But I, I want to be back in the classroom with them, for sure. I, mean, I miss them. And I get the sense that's true for a lot of them as well, that they miss seeing you in person. We want to play a clip from a video you made last April. This was part of your application. And in it, we can hear some of your third through fifth graders. They're talking about the switch to virtual, which at that point was still pretty new. And they're also talking here about how much they enjoy your class. One thing I was disappointed about when school was when school closed is that we didn't we that we wouldn't have gifted anymore 
making me tear up <laughs> uh, okay so because I miss you guys too for sure <laughs> um okay let me go back to the video and there you are with your third through fifth graders hearing them say this is the only thing they look forward to what is it about these classes um and and the work you're doing with these kids that has them so engaged that they feel that way um, just being able to, I, I guess the, the students in my class, they take more ownership of their learning and we're able to work on real world practical lessons and they're, they're, they do hands-on work and minds-on work and authentic problem solving. And I guess it's just a closeness that we have that it's their space. Um, it's a safe space. I mean, they come to my class, even when there's recess outside, they choose to come to me. Um, they see, they work with people that are like them and able to emotionally connect as well as uh, work in groups. And nobody likes, kids anyway, don't like working in groups, so especially gifted with kids. So um, getting them on board with this, it, you know, it takes a little bit of time, but then they love it, and then they're good at it, and they, they thrive with it. So um, I, every day I'm, I get kids that are, will just they're running to my room to see <laughs> to come to class. I mean, I don't ever have to worry like, oh, are they going to forget me? Are they not coming? Because they come for sure. Give us an example of one of these hands-on type projects. What does that typically look like, say, for your older students? Well, as we go through, so, um, gosh, there's so many of them. Um, one of the things that we were doing, we were designing prototypes. So we do a lot with um, engineering design process. I, I teach, I tell people, I'm like, I teach literacy half the time and I teach STEM the other half, and what I mean by that is like physics and math, and I go from there. So um, the kids were thinking, like, what do what do we need to do? And everything is that you have a client who is in like a novel, so to speak. So you, they're coming to you, and they have a problem, and you need to design a solution for this. And we do this all day long. Um, so they go through, and one of them they were working on uh, like Goldilocks and the Three Bears, and I was actually working with younger kids with this, and then it trickled up to my older kids. Um, and then it was like, okay, what, what are the problems here? Bear family comes to you. So they, they went through all these things. Oh, it needs, it needs a new lock on the door. We need a new bed. We need this. So then my older kids took it a step further and they built prototypes and then they figured, well, we use recycled materials. And then they thought, well, we need to design it and get a 3d printer. So actually that kind of started with, let's get a 3d printer in here. Um, so then they built these prototypes with 3d, um, with a 3d printer and then we were able to scale it and make it into, like, just a convertible furniture. Like, if there's a small space um, small space in your home and you need furniture for it, and let's make it this convertible furniture piece that can become and transform into something else. And I was able to take that even up through eighth grade and get these different parts of um, science and math that went, went with this. These are middle school kids doing this work? Just how gifted are these kids? This sounds extraordinary. Oh, I, we start at, that started at kindergarten. So um, the kindergarten went through, goes through and they built their convertible furniture too. And I have them on the 3D printers and they code and they do robotics with me. So um, it's truly amazing to see what these children can do. And then a part of what's wonderful about my class is 
that there are no constraints. So mm-hmm. they can come in and they, they run with it. And because they're able to see this as a, as a real world practical application, um, they're learning to persevere and overcome the fear of being wrong, which is in- enormous. And, and really this virtual learning, um, I think will be good for a lot of students um, because they're having to see that other people are wrong and we're going to be wrong. And it's a good thing to be wrong because if, if you're not wrong, you're not learning. Um, and that's the whole point of it is to figure it out. Why am I wrong? Find a solution. Doesn't work. Go back again. Go back again. And I hear my students saying this to other students in their regular classes. Like, no, no, no. The point is we're supposed to be wrong. Let's, let's figure out why. Um, so that's something that you can get kindergarten, first grade, second, third, fourth, fifth, and they amp it up. Um, just we were doing, you know, we, we coded for Google and I had kindergartners doing this. I even had preschoolers doing this um, all the way up to eighth grade. And um, as we go through robotics, then that is such a, a big part of um, my year with the kids with robotics and then missing that whole team. And um, the district has been wonderful about being able to bring in and implement these creative and uh, new adventures for kids. So um, it's what they do is tremendous. I mean, before we left, we were working on hydraulics <laughs> and I had little people working on hydraulics and we started with pneumatics and then went to hydraulics and figured out how does this work and why. And they had to build their own with recycled materials and they had to work. So it was the process and they're just, they're kind of sitting there waiting for them to come back to them. So hearing you talk about this, I mean, you just seem like a, a born teacher. I can hear your excitement. I can hear how that translates to the kids. And and I guess what's interesting here to me is that you haven't always been a teacher. You taught for a while. Then you went to law school. You were actually working as an attorney. Uh, what did that work involve? I was an attorney for the state of Missouri, and I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with the law. And they were some of the neatest people that I've ever worked with and opened my eyes to different things. And it was down in the city of St. Louis, so um, it's the public defender system, which I have nothing but positive things to say about the people there and, and what I did. Um, but it was, it, I worked with juvenile conflicts. I, mm-hmm. I did adult criminal defense, but I also worked with juveniles because I was just always drawn to kids. I always wanted to see and help kids. Um, so for me, teaching and, and what I did as an attorney, they're in the same vein. Hmm. They go back and forth. And for me, it's just, seeing kids and helping them and seeing what more they can do and how they can better themselves. But um, it, I, you have to admit it, it was pretty dark. It got pretty dark at times, especially being juvenile attorney. Um, so there are certain things that people shouldn't see in life or know exist in life. So I thought to myself, I need, I need that light back. I need that happiness back. So um, I thought it's, I'm going back to teaching. I just, I need, I need to see that part. Life. And has teaching and it, provided that for you? That's what I say. Oh, absolutely. Um, when when we left for spring break, and then I'm, a, I'm an internal optimist. So I was like, Oh no, no, we're going back. <laughs> we were we're going to go back. Um, and then of course we didn't. And it was like a cruel joke for me because it was like you've got what we're not. So I miss these kids and, and I know they miss me because I, I get text messages and emails from families (laughs) saying such. So it's really, um, it's something that has fulfilled a big need of mine. And at that point, it's like, I, I work after hours and I, I do all of these different projects and I, 
help teachers um, implement STEM throughout the district and, and all the robotics pieces that I do have multiple teams. Um, I do that after work hours so because I love it and I want to see these kids um, succeed. So for me, it is incredibly fulfilling. And do you see yourself staying with teaching and staying with the St. Louis Public Schools for the rest of your career? Oh, I can't even, yeah, I don't even imagine not. <laughs> I I look at this and I think, yeah, a lot of people have said, oh, oh, are you going to go into administration or are you going to do something else? And I'm like, why? why? I mean, I, I have the education for this. I could do whatever. Um, I'm doing what I want to do. Um, I, I love it. Um, does that mean that I won't go back into law? Um, no, I, I'm still a lawyer. Um, I still have that. I can still, you know, write briefs and do things uh, on that end of it. And I could go back into the courtroom if I want to. And, and again, I'm fascinated by it, but it is just, it's not the same mm-hmm. as, as teaching with kids. And yeah, I, I fully see myself doing this. Um, for St. Louis Public does not necessarily receive enough positive credit for the wonderful work that's being done there. Um, and, and that's just because it's not as visible to the public, right? Mm-hmm. So because I'm in multiple buildings, I see the level of creativity and learning that's taking place. Um, and I see families and communities showing neighborhood pride and reclaiming their schools. Um, so for, for me, St. Louis Public is just, it, it's a wonderful school district from what I'm seeing. Um, and I'm certainly privileged enough to have worked with some amazingly talented teachers there. So, um, and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't give a, a shout out to some of these, um, some of these teachers and buildings um, that I used to work with at Hodgin and that I currently work with and they get the pull-up program and, Humboldt and Compton Drew and Mason and oh Mason I mean it it's I'm there the most and Mason is absolutely a St. Louis public gem of the mm. school um, so if you think like oh what, do I ever want to leave St. Louis public for me um, I'll, I'll give you just a brief synopsis and I've, I've said this to people before but my first experience at Mason I, I walked in a building and I I was just I was blown over really it was it was beautiful and I'm not meaning the aesthetics of the building are beautiful, although they are, it's phenomenal, but I'm meaning the diversity that's in the building. Hmm. Um, there's something like 25 different nationalities represented in the school, and everyone gets along. They like each other. Wow. I don't see, I, there's no risks in the hallway there. I don't see negative aggression. Um, everything's peaceful, and it, there's learning going on everywhere. So for me, I don't want to leave that. And really, in having something like that and being virtual, it well, makes being virtual a little bit more mentally brutal because I, I love it so much. I, I love the building and who I work with and absolutely at the top of it, the kids. Well, that's um, it's, it's so clear that you found your calling um, and you found the place you want to be and, and you're there in it. And now we just hope that you'll be able at some point to get back in person to teach those classes again. So, Jana Flynn, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me and for being able to put um, St. Louis Public in a positive spotlight for sure. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.